0: Welcome to the Climate Report. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and we are on episode number 265. Today's topic is technology. Technology is one of my favorite topics because it is so misunderstood. What we misunderstand about technology is where it comes from, what it is, how we should feel about it, how we should control it. Who should control it? So let's get into this. We will talk about technology, but let's first read a couple of paragraphs from Joe Biden's climate plan. If you want to find a copy of Joe Biden's climate plan, it's pretty easy to do. Just Google Biden's climate plan on Google. Reading from Biden's climate plan, Biden believes the Green New Deal is a crucial framework for meeting the climate challenges we face. It powerfully captures two basic truths which are at the core of this plan. The United States urgently needs, number one, the United States urgently needs to embrace greater ambition on an epic scale to meet the scope of this challenge and two, Our environment and our economy are completely and totally connected. Continuing to read, if we can harness all of our energy and talents and unmatchable American innovation, we can turn this threat into an opportunity to revitalize the U.S. energy sector and boost growth economy-wide. We can create new industries that reinvigorate our manufacturing and create high quality middle class jobs in cities and towns across the United States. We can lead America to become the world's clean energy superpower. We can export our clean energy technology across the globe and create high quality middle class jobs here at home. Getting to a 100% clean energy economy is not only an obligation, it's an opportunity. We should fully adopt a clean energy future, not just for all of us today, but for our children and grandchildren so their tomorrow is healthier, safer, and more just. As president, Biden will lead the world to address the climate emergency and lead through the power of example by ensuring the US achieves a 100% clean energy economy and net zero emissions no later than 2050. The Biden plan will ensure that US achieves a 100% clean energy economy and reaches a net zero emissions no later than 2050. On day one, Biden will sign a series of new executive orders with unprecedented reach that go well beyond the Obama-Biden administration platform and put us on the right track, and he will demand that Congress enact legislation in the first year of his presidency that Number one, establishes an enforcement mechanism that includes milestone targets no later than the end of his first term in 2025. Number two, makes a historic investment in clean energy and climate research and innovation. And number three, incentivizes the rapid deployment of clean energy innovations across the economy especially in communities most impacted by climate change so in the language of this obama's i mean biden's climate plan in the language he hints at innovation at several different points for one thing he, he hints at innovation and technology at several different points so he says uh, the phrase, unmatchable American innovation. So, you know, they're telling a story here. This plan was written by PR professionals, for one thing. So they're telling a story. They're wanting us to buy into a story. And, you know, as part of this story, of course, Biden is the hero of the plot. But he wants to, you know, incorporate uh, Americans and the American economy as part of the you know as part of the pot of this story that he's trying to tell so he refers to unmatchable american innovation and he says we can create new industries i like saying we he he can create we can create whole new industries that reinvigorate our manufacturing and create high quality middle class jobs etc he also says we can uh, become the world's clean energy superpower and then we can export our clean energy technology across the globe and create high quality middle class jobs here at home. So, you know, one thing that you always see, one thing that pervades Biden's climate plan is trickle down. I mean, if he doesn't say any different at the first uh at the very first sentence of the plan, he talks about creating you know, strong union jobs. But other than that, it's all trickle-down. In other words, we're going to create strong industries, and you, the worker, should hope that the prosperity of those industries trickles down to you. And we're going to create whole new industries we're going to create strong industries and the communities of america can only hope that the benefits and the prosperity coming from those uh, companies and industries is going to trickle down to you but you have to get in there and you have to mix it up and you have to bring your best to this whole process that's trickle down So when he talks about being a clean energy superpower, and when he talks about exporting clean energy technology across the globe, I'm wondering, you know, who's gonna own the patents? Is this technology going to be something that is free and open source? Is it free to anybody? Or is it going to be, uh, you know, patents? Are we going to have the government subsidize technologies and then you know private owners own the patents. So in Hart Hagen's perfect world, we don't have very many patents if any. Especially in you know not just Hart Hagen's perfect world, but a lot of people are thinking, "Hey, maybe when the government develops technology at taxpayer expense, private companies should not own an exclusive patent on those technologies. Because a patent is just a monopoly. So I've been talking about patents and how patents are bad but let me give you an alternative scenario. Let me give you a scenario that could be and should be but rarely is. So I'm thinking of three examples in history that show that collaboration can really 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 work well Uh, with collaboration being the opposite of competition so we can have competition or we can have collaboration we can't have both so here are three examples uh, that um, uh, of where collaboration worked really really well so the first example is wikipedia and yeah wikipedia has some problems but it basically you know is a good example of how collaboration can work, so you know, with with Wikipedia, you, the 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 quality of the product is comparable to, say, the Encyclopedia Britannica, where you know the Encyclopedia Britannica is uh, proprietary. Uh, Wikipedia is not. It, it, Wiki, Wikipedia is collaborative. So, you know, it results in a collaborative process, people are basically contributing their time. Another example of a collaborative process where people contribute their time and it ended up with a good result is the uh, the Human Genome Project. So, you know, across the, the globe, people started to collaborate on, hey, what is the human genome made of? In other words, all the genes within the human body all the genes within each cell of our DNA—what's really there? We know that there's this sequence, uh, this four-letter alphabet of DNA, but how does it—how is it spelled out? What is really there? So, the Human Genome product, uh, Project is something that it was a collaborative project. It took place—you know—it it ended up with good results. They ended up with a complete sequencing of the human genome in a time frame that was much quicker than anyone expected. And it's because people were contributing their time and collaborating. And it, you know, so it was like a free and open source system. The third example of collaboration in a free and open source environment uh, where something worked out really well, and turned out really well is the Linux operating system. So an operating system is the underlying software of a computer. So you know, if you have your iPhone, the iOS is the operating system for your iPhone. And if you have a, a PC, then Windows is the operating system of your iPhone. Another example of an operating system is Linux. And there are a number of computers in the world that run on the Linux. And the Linux is an operating system that was developed in a collaborative process and, it, and the results were good. And so what we're saying is that not everything has to be done by way of a competitive process. It's a huge, large, gigantic myth today that competition somehow you know produces the best results. So we have a you know we have a competitive society, we have a competitive economic system, and the myth is that competition produces the best results. But we know that Sometimes competition produces good results, and sometimes collaboration produces good results. So how is this relevant to our discussion? It's relevant to our discussion because we have lots and lots and lots and lots of patents today. And the people who own the patents, or should I say the class of people who own the patents, want us to think that... Patents are always good. They want us to think that competition is always good. They want us to think that when a company owns the exclusive rights to produce and sell a product, then that is good. That's good for everybody. They want us to think that the patent is good for everybody. They want us to think that the competitive process is good for everybody. And that's where much of our technology comes from, or rather, you know, much of our technology operates within the environment of this myth of the uh, this myth that says competition is great, and uh, the you know the idea that competition is great and that monopolies are great, it ha- it helps to serve the people that own the patents. So, this. Episode is about technology. So what does any of this have to do with technology? The what this has to do with technology is that we have some huge large gigantic Choices to make and the huge large gigantic choices we have to make relate to the idea of should technology be patented or should technology not be patented in other words should Apple have the right to exclusively use uh, Apple's technology and should Google have the right to exclusively use Google's technology and Hart Hagen's answer to that question is in most cases no for two reasons for one thing you know Apple did not invent The computer. They only profit from the computer. And Apple did not invent the operating, you know. To some extent, private enterprise, you know, tweaks these things, but it is government that does the basic science. It is government that that does the basic research. So government, i.e. the taxpayer, does research for decades upon decades and then we have something called the microchip. We have something called electronics technology. You know, every component of your iPhone was developed at taxpayer expense. And then these private companies then get the right to sell it and profit from it. It's not fair to the taxpayer for one thing So we really need to look at whether companies should have the right to patent you know, technology. And we should look at whether companies should have the right to patent not only electronics technology but also medical technology. Your pharmaceutical companies are profiting from their patents of you know, medical technologies that have been developed at taxpayer expense. Why should the taxpayers spend all this money for, you know, why should taxpayers spend money to develop drugs at taxpayer expense and then have a company uh, profit from it privately and then sell it to the consumer at exorbitant prices? There are heartbreaking stories of families that have to bankrupt themselves because they have to buy medicines and procedures from companies that have patented these medicines and procedures and devices, even though the medicines and the procedures and the devices were basically developed at taxpayer expense. Why should taxpayers invest in something and then be gouged By private companies just because a private company was there to buy up the patent that was developed at public expense. I think you know how I feel about it. Private companies should not have the right to gouge people for products and services and technologies that were developed at taxpayer expense. So the reason I've been going into this is that Biden's climate plan, you know, it has all of these embedded assumptions that technology should be patented by private companies and private individuals. In fact, there was this guy named Josh Fox who was extremely critical of Planet of the Humans because it cast doubt on the efficacy of solar power and wind power Etc. And Josh Fox s- happens to own like 30 patents in, uh, technolo- in, in, in solar technologies and things like that. So here's somebody who has a vested interest in profiting from uh, solar technologies. I would argue that those private patents should not exist. Why do we want to give one person the monopoly rights to, to, to to anything, why should you know, The idea is that monopolies help innovation, et cetera, et cetera, yada yada yada. Make me puke. This is the story we've been told since we were knee high to a grasshopper, that you know patents are good for innovation because it encourages the individual to invest in innovation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there may have been a time when that was true, but we live in different times now. And I question whether it was ever true that you should have a patent in, you know, that, that having an exclusive patent, i.e. monopoly power, monopoly control, exclusivity in a certain technology, I question whether that was ever good for innovation and yet that's all we've ever heard so that type of ethic that type of philosophy just pervades the biden climate plan you know trickle down and the desirability of patents and the need for the government to incentivize certain industries and hopefully that will trickle down to individuals and families and communities and all the while we're supposed to worship at the altar of technology. So this episode is supposed to be about technology. Let's get into technology and and make a few comments about it. So Biden's climate plan says we should incentivize the rapid deployment of clean energy innovations across the economy, especially in communities most impacted by climate change. So my question is, what are these clean energy innovations so they're trying to talk about new technologies such as solar wind electric grid electric vehicles you know all of these things you know solar power photovoltaic power generally speaking is not a new thing but it's possible to patent certain variations on the theme of solar power but what's the problem with certain people patenting solar power well for one thing it's capitalism which you know all capitalism is not bad small scale capitalism to me is not bad small farms small businesses small restaurants nothing wrong with that but it's the large-scale capitalism which gets us in trouble because for one thing it's not even capitalism you know The more money you have, the less you're at risk. The more money you have, the more you're feeding at the government trough. The more money you have, the more you can bend the power of the state to your will so that it's not even capitalism, because capitalism is supposed to be where you put your capital at risk. But that doesn't happen when you have a whole lot of capital and you're basically feeding at the government trough and bending the power of the state to serve your needs and interests but when we talk about technology you know often we're talking about electronics technologies and oh gosh it makes me sick don't get me started on how electronics technologies are not always good all the time electronics technologies the problem with electronics technologies Is that there's lots of mining involved. You know, electronics involves metals, uh, and and you know, metals include cobalt and coltan, and sometimes lithium, and sometimes copper, and sometimes uh, you know, silicon, and these these are things that you know some of the things I've named are rare earth metals so they some of them involve slave labor most of them involve some type of water pollution and air pollution and they can be mine. the mining and the, the processing of these minerals can take place in the most exploitative conditions. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was saying a while ago that capitalism, per se, is not a problem, and that's true. Uh, you know, small-scale capitalism is not a problem like big-scale capitalism. And, but, but capitalism always involves exploitation. It always involves extracting as much as you can from labor and the environment, not to mention democratic institutions. So wherever you have... Uh, and one of the so among the worst examples of this includes mining when you're mining for metals oh my gosh when you're mining for metals you're extracting from labor for for one thing a lot of places in the world have slave labor and if it's not slave labor it's low wage and it's disgusting and you know environmentalists should hang their heads in shame that they allow so much slave labor to go on, environmentalists should hang their heads in shame that they're promoting solar power and wind power and electric vehicles, and these things involve slave labor straight up. For example, you know, you had uh, Elon Musk, and you have Elon Musk is the owner of Tesla, and Tesla is, uh, you know, the Tesla is the brand, of is the premier brand of luxury electric vehicles. And uh, electric vehicles require lithium ion batteries. Lithium ion batteries are made from lithium. Lithium is a metal that comes from different places in the world, but not least of all Bolivia. So Bolivia in South America contains possibly the better part of the world's lithium. Fifty percent or more of the world's lithium is in Bolivia. So the question is, are the people of Bolivia going to be the primary beneficiaries of the lithium of Bolivia? And American capitalists have always said, heck no. That's our lithium. The Bolivian people just happened to be sitting on it. It's our, those are our natural resources. The people of Bolivia are irrelevant. So Elon, so, so in Bolivia, there was this coup about a year ago, classic CIA supported coup. And it's like, okay, people of Bolivia, You've had Evo Morales for your president for a very long time and you have elected Evo Morales president in elections fair and square for a very long time. But sorry, we're going to take away your democracy and we're going to replace it with a fascist dictatorship. So all of a sudden in late 2019, Bolivia has a fascist dictatorship. What's up with that? and they like they were christian fascists who believed that the um the people the indigenous people of bolivia were they they believed that they were devil worshipers and um but the main point is that american corporations such as tesla uh with elon musk they don't want democracy and uh You know, if you have a democracy and and you have lithium, then we're going to decimate your democracy and we're going to take your lithium. If you have a democracy like Iran in the early 50s, we're going to decimate your democracy and we're going to take your oil. If you have lots and lots of agriculture, such as um, Guatemala in the 1950s, then we're and you have a democracy, then we're gonna decimate your democracy and we're going to take your natural resources at the behest of a company like United Fruit Company that now does business as Chiquita, as in bananas. And and so the common theme here is who owns resources? This you know, episode has been about technology. Who owns the resources associated with technology? Who owns? Who should own the patents associated with technology? Who own, Who should own the metals associated with technology? Is it you know? Is it the people who paid for the technology to be developed? Is it the people? who should be a Democratic majority in Bolivia or wherever, you know, this, wherever the natural resources happen to be. And American corporations say no. And the American government says no. And all of that ethic is pervading, it pervades Biden's climate plan. That's all the time we have. Thank you for joining me. Hope you come back soon.